we said. The Press Box. And howdy, Mike Grace from the Breakline Optics Studios with a special edition of the Press Box Podcast. It's a college football playoff national championship edition as we get you ready for tonight's matchup between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Should be fun. Hey, a quick reminder for you. If you're new to the Press Box and the Press Box Podcast, what we're going to offer you is just a slice of what you can hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama and beyond. Want to find out where? Well, just check the website, pressboxradio.com. There you can check the affiliates page to find the station nearest you. On the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand or simply press the listen button to hear the Press Box anytime, 24-7. And even easier than that, just go to the Google or Apple Apple stores and download the PressBox app. That's right. You just to download the PressBox app, then it's a one app, one tap, and you're inside the PressBox with us anytime. Mike Grace again for my partners Chris Stewart and JD Byers had a chance to talk about Bama and Georgia today with the sideline reporter for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. That is Chris Stewart's partner on the network, Rashad Johnson. And Chris welcomed him inside the PressBox. You spent some time with Coach on Saturday. I was calling what was somewhat reminiscent of a basketball game in uh, Columbia, Missouri, <laughs> while you and you and John Parker and Eli were hanging out with coach in Indianapolis. And uh, look, man, you've, you've been in a locker room with him before championship games. You uh, you've been around him multiple times now as a broadcaster in, in settings such as this, what's, what was the mood Saturday night from the best coach in the history of college football? Yeah, man. Uh, it was a great night. Uh, great show. He was real relaxed, man. Um, he was in his comedy mode, telling a few jokes, had the crowd laughing, smiling. Um, and then he finished it up real focused uh, with his final thoughts, man. I was really excited. I almost jumped out of my chair with his uh, story that he told the, the, cr- the crowd for those that weren't listening. Yeah. It, it, when you say that, it, it makes me laugh because I think of seeing John Parker at a, I want to say it was, I don't remember if it was just an alumni event. I guess it was, but it was one where I know exactly where it was. Now it was dealing Birmingham a few years ago where coach and I are up on stage. It's kind of a town hall kind of thing. You know, we're sitting kind of laid back, relaxing these chairs, but people are in the crowd. JP's on the front row and I'm telling you shot. He is sitting there sitting up back straight against the chair and it's like he's in a meeting room and he's a 19 year old kid again, 20, I guess he'd have been 20 at the time coach showed up, but I mean, it was in player mode. Do you catch yourself like that still when the man talks? No doubt about it, man. Uh, I think everybody may do that when he walks into the room, but especially guys that play for him. I mean, you just have that reverence, you know, you have those experiences where you've been in that room and when he comes in, it's like, oh, straighten up, like stop the plan. It's back to business. Let's get to it. Um, so it was, it was moments during the, the radio show that day um, that we just laughed at. You know, it's times where you're just talking to him and you're, you're back in that player mode. It isn't like we're talking to, to Nick Saban. It's, it's always coach, you know, for us. So it's definitely you, you have that feeling and that reverence when he comes into the room. They're like, hey, let's get it together. Coach is here. Let's make sure that we're handling our business because we know he's handling his and he's watching. <laughs> and, you know, I'm that broad. It's J.D. down in Mobile, Rashad, and I'm, I'm still JD, a, guy, as a player. Great. As a former player, I call your coach, Coach. I call my Little League coach from 1980, Coach. I never call a coach by his first name, regardless of who it is. I've always called him coach. But taking that reverence aside for a minute, 
uh, and you said he had a comical bent to his conversation the other day. When he got off the plane, what, what, did you think, and I, I, I'm sorry if this dates you by any means, did you think there's Arthur Fonzarelli getting off this plane? How about that leather jacket? Yeah, man, that, that bomber was nice. He uh, he looked really good in that brown. Uh, he, he talked about it. He said that Miss Terry wanted her to wear something new. Uh, he said that that thing had enough time to, to be in style, go out of style, and it came back in style. So that, it was a little <laughs> bit more comfortable for him, he said. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, definitely it had, broke in. I hadn't yeah, thought no about doubt. the fines, but that would that fit that fit just hey, a little bit. I bet yeah. he could hammer a jukebox and make it come on right now. Probably could. I'm sure he's <laughs> I'm sure he's uh, hit one on more than one occasion, whether he was trying to automatically turn it on or not. Um, there's nobody better at this because nobody's got more experience in this deal, Rashad. But man, to, today is so different from 12 months ago with this team itself. The the spot is the same, but the teams are so different. Um, what, what's your gut on where this team is in prep for this situation? Yeah, um, my gut, man, feels that, that they're prepared. You know, like I said, from the from the radio show, um, coach being really relaxed. You know, sometimes when the team hasn't had the best weeks, you, you can kind of tell it. He, he's kind of wearing it on his sleeve a little bit. Um, but he, he, like I said, felt relaxed, felt comfortable. And even the guys, man, they, they, they seem as though they're, they're really locked in. And for me, you know, an opportunity to go out and prove, you know, that you deserve to be here. Obviously, all year, everybody had question marks, you know, with the eight guys that we left in the top 40 last year in the draft. How are we going to replace them? Are we going to be able to get it done? Then we struggle with some wins, and then we actually didn't lose the game. I think these guys have gotten to the pinnacle, um, and they got their eyes on the prize, man. You know, and I think they're going to close the door today in a strong fashion, uh, especially, you know, coming into this game as an underdog. Again, after a big win, you know, against the same team a few weeks ago. What's Georgia going to do different? If they want to win, they're going to have to protect the football, not turn the ball over, and uh, and not get up the big play, you know, uh, which is tough, you know, uh, because we have a fierce defense. You know, Will Allen coming off the edge. Dallas Turner has turned up, you know, in the late in the season. And, I, you know, I think our secondary is playing really well as, as well with Jordan Battle, you know, roaming the back end. So being able to protect the ball and, and, and keep up with that scoring is going to be tough, um, but also eliminating the big play. You know, I know we Jamison Williams is a big target. They're going to probably try and double him and find ways to take him out of the game. Um, but Ja'Cory Brooks has stepped up in a, in a major fashion this this uh, end of the season, as well as Slade Bowden. He's been, you know, that glue piece. Anytime you need someone to make a play and be clutch, he's there to do that. Um, so I, I think their hands are still full, you know, without John Mechie today. Um, and it's going to be a, a tough task, you know, for him. So I'm excited to, to see us, you know, press the gas and get after it, man. You know, you see things happen in a season and you look back and you go, man, that's where the switch flipped. It, it, it's got to be the, the final drive against uh, of regulation against Auburn, doesn't it? Where that will be the case for this team should they go ahead and finish it off? Yeah, I, I think there. Um, but I also think um, sometimes your best ball and you get in your best mindset after a loss. You know, once some adversity has hit you. Um, so I think after that Texas A&M game as well, you know, because it was a pivotal point, we can't take this step back again. And who's going to be yeah. the leaders on his team? Coach talked about it on the radio show. He felt that was a pivotal point to where Will, Bryce, after that game decided that, hey, I know that we're sophomores, 
Um, but now we have to use our voice and be the leaders on this team um, because we have been searching for someone to lead us, but we are the guys. So I think that was a pivotal point. But like you said, that Auburn game uh, and finishing that drive uh, was actually, you know, an exclamation point, you know, on the season to get us into the final, you know, push that we're, we're seeing right now. And they've been playing well these past couple of weeks. You've been in meeting rooms with Kirby Smart as much, I'm guessing, as Nick Saban. Um, a lot's made. A lot has been made about what hasn't been completed against Coach Saban, as if Kirby's the only guy to ever lose to him. But what what is it about Kirby that's allowed him to be in this spot once again at such a young age? Yeah, man, Kirby's a, an awesome coach. Uh, one of my favorite coaches to play for uh, during my tenure at college and even throughout the NFL, man. Just a great motivator. Um, the, the kids love him. You know, you can trust him. Um, and he puts his heart into everything that he does. Uh, he, he's very similar to Coach Saban um, when he's preparing and the way that he preps, you know, to, to come into the weeks. He, he, he's the guy that's giving it his all. Um, and like I said, you know, I think the guys are, are always motivated by him. He has a great way of, of getting young guys excited about the opportunity in front of him. Uh, I know he's not going to have to, you know, do much today to get those guys excited, um, but he's going to have them extra fired up. Um, so it's going to be, you know, a lot of fun early on to watch everybody come out and handle their emotions. But he just does a great job, like motivating the guys prepping the guys uh, and just being there and being that leader in the moment. He isn't giving you something and asking you to accomplish it. He's going in that foxhole with you, man. So that's why George has been able, you know, to continue to get back to this journey and get back to the, the opportunity to win them a national championship, you know, for the second time in, in Coach Saban, not Coach Saban, but Coach Smart's tenure. Rashad Johnson is our guest. If you're just tu- uh, tuning in from the Crimson Tide Sports Network and uh, just a a legend in Alabama lore defensively. I wanted to ask, and this may be a better question for tomorrow, but you're going to be in travel mode. You may be tired. So I, I want to say this or ask you this. As it stands, Nick Saban has one more national championship than Bear Bryant. A national championship tonight, he'll have one more national title at Alabama in his career than Bear Bryant. With one tonight, if and when it happens for Alabama, your assessment, your thoughts, does he keep going? I think that's on the mind of a lot of fans across not just uh, the state of Alabama, but perhaps the country. Yeah, uh, definitely. I definitely think people are, you know, asking that question, how long can he go? You know, how long does he want to go? Um, Definitely think Coach will be back next year. Um, I don't see anything in him that says that, you know, I'm stepping away from this game uh, after this season um, and and moving on to something else. He, He loves football. You know, he's, he's bred and, and given his entire life, you know, to this game um, for the young man's development and for the opportunity to make special moments like he's going to do tonight. And I, I truly believe that not only he enjoys it, um, but Miss Terry enjoys it. Um, they enjoy being a part of the kids' families and, and lives and, you know, being in the city of Tuscaloosa. So I, I think he makes, you know, another I don't know, three, five-year run at it, man. Um, He loves what he does, and I think he does it, you know, as long as he's capable of doing it at a high level. I hate to put a number on him, but people want to throw something out there. But for me, I think he does it as long as he enjoys doing what he he does, which I think is going to be, you know, forever in terms of football, um, and as long as he can do it at a high level. Um, So that's that's my answer for him. I think he's going to continue to push it until he can't compete for national championships. Officially, you didn't play for a national title, but in reality, you did because that game against Florida was was national championship game. 
when when you played them in the SEC title game. No doubt. What, what is right now like? You've woken up. It's a championship game day. What's it like for a player as you sit here now? As as you and I talk, it, it's conversation. You know, I know many of our affiliates carry us different parts during the day, but this is a a morning interview that we do live. And for you, you're waking up. The game is several hours away, but it's finally here. What's it like? Yeah, man, it's a a bottle of mixed emotions. Um, And you're trying to, you know, control all of those. You know, you're excited. uh, You're anxious. But at the same time, like it's like it's eight o'clock at night. You know, I got a long day to kind of bottle these things up. You know, do I need to look at a little extra tape? Do I need to go through my my final, you know, thought sheets one more time, reminders? Um, so you got all these mixed emotions, and you're trying to just balance them, you know, throughout that morning and throughout that day to hone it in um, so that, you know, when the kickoff happens in that moment that you're, you know, ready to kind of explode with all of those emotions and not do it too soon um, and wear your brain out thinking about it. So trying to find a way to relax earlier in the day, I'm sure the guys will get out and go for a walk. Coach is big on that, on late night games, making sure, you know, the guys get an opportunity to get out of the building, get out of their funk of being in the in the beds. Um, so I think that's big to get your mind going in that state. Um, and then, you know, three to four hours before the game, it's, it, it's lock-in time. You know, nothing else matters. No calls, you know, nothing on my screen. Uh, it's time to go get what we came here to do. Uh, so lock the doors and get it done. Give me the guy that's going to be – the one we most associate with this game 15 years from now? It's it's hard to pick uh, anyone besides number nine, uh, Bryce Young. You know, I think that both of these teams are are good um, and special, you know, in their own rights with their defensive line players, uh, the guys on offense that are explosive for Georgia and Brock Bowers and, you know, and ourselves in terms of Jamison and those guys. But, at the end of the day, you know, the best player in college football uh, has been the best player in college football all year, awarded the Heisman. Um, and he's like my man, uh, my man, cool as the other side of the pillow, Stuart Scott would say. This guy, he's cool as the other side of the pillow all the time. So I'm expecting him to come out cool, calm, and collective um, and, and lead us, you know, on the journey because he's got the skill set and he has that persona about him, you know, that leads us in these adverse moments because there's going to be some today. But I think he's going to be the guy to keep us calm, keep us collected, and ultimately can help us finish the job, man, and with his special talent. Our thanks to Rashad Johnson, sideline reporter for the Crimson Tide Sports Network for joining us today inside the press box previewing tonight's college football national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Don't forget you can hear not only Rashad but our Chris Stewart, Eli Gold, the rest of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. They're on the air at 4 p.m. Central Time, a three-hour pregame show ahead of the 7 Central Time kickoff tonight between the Tide and the Dogs. We continue with our preview as we talk to Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl. The executive director of the recent Senior Bowl spent 18 years as a scout in the National Football League, was a part of four Super Bowl champions, and we uh, we thought he'd be a good guy to talk to about tonight's matchup as we said, hey, what does Georgia have to do differently tonight to get a different outcome from what occurred in the SEC championship game? I think two things need to happen, and it's not anything ground earth shattering as Stetson Bennett needs to play better. Um, you know, I, I, the only game I went to last year during the pandemic live was the Georgia Alabama game up in Tuscaloosa. And, and, uh, you know, they were just overmatched. Um, Stetson didn't play well and then he didn't play well in the sec championship game. Um, 
but he's a great story. He really is one of the best stories in college football. Uh, he, he, he beat up my alma mater, Michigan, pretty good in that college football semifinal. If Stetson plays that way, this is going to be a really good game. Uh, if he plays the way he did, he did against the Wolverines. And then the other thing, I think that, uh, Georgia's defensive line, the front seven needs to show up, you know, uh, Alabama in that first matchup was coming off that Auburn game. And I think everyone in the state saw how that played itself out. Alabama's O-line, uh, you know, really struggled, but God, they put it together quickly in a week and rebounded and had a great game against Georgia's front. They got to put pressure on Bryce Young. They got to hit him. Um, they got to get him on the ground. And and then Stetson Bennett has to play well. Beyond that, I mean, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched, but I, I never bet. I don't do, I'm not into making picks. Um, but if I was, you always just go back. To, I always default back to the quarterback position. And, you know, one team's got the Heisman Trophy winner on it. Um, and the other team's got a guy that struggled in the in the in the two games they played before. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. Is if Stetson Bennett can play like he did the last time out against Michigan, I think Georgia's uh, got a chance to make this a really good game. Nick Saban has talked about Brock Bowers and the impact that that he can have on a game. I thought a major turning point in that everybody talks about the interception that Stetson Bennett threw uh, down in the red zone or close to it. But if you go back and look at that play, Brock Bowers breaks his route off just ever so slightly, and it threw the timing off. It was the one time that I felt like Alabama actually was able to affect him and keep him from being uh, as successful as as we saw him be throughout the course of, of that game itself. How does Georgia keep him equally as effective in this game? Do you expect to see them utilize him as much or even more than they did in the first matchup? Well, I, he, he should be the focal point of that offense. I mean, they've got great players. I mean, Zamir White and James Cook in the backfield, and um, they've got playmakers all over. But, but he needs to be the focal point of that passing game. And then on the flip side, I mean, Alabama, I mean, they do a great job of taking away the other the other team's best player. I mean, that's just, you know, going back to my experience, we're working for the Patriots and working for, for Bill Belichick. As long as I did, I mean, you know, he and he and coach Saban share a lot of share the same mindset when it comes to constructing a defense and, and, you know, coach Belichick's always about taking the best player away and making somebody else beat you. And if you're Alabama preparing for this football game, I mean, Brock Bowers, I mean, it's not hyperbole to say he's the best tight end in college football right now as a true freshman. I mean, Trey, Trey McBride, a player we're going to have here in the Senior Bowl from Colorado State who won the Mackey Award, is is probably a first-round pick as well. Um, but Brock Bowers is the real deal, and they're going to have to do everything they can, whether that's you know um, just disrupting him at the line of scrimmage or bracketing him with safeties. Uh, whatever they need to do to take Brock Bowers out, they're going to have to do and make somebody else beat him. Um, but if you're Georgia, that can't take Brock Bowers out of your game plan. You got to you got to be creative, just like Alabama did last year for Devontae Smith, when everyone knew, you know, what Alabama was trying to do to get Devontae the ball, and they did they did such a great job of being creative to do that. Georgia has to do the same thing with Brock Bowers, and that's if that's being creative, getting involved in the run game, just getting the ball in his hands is going to be key for Georgia. You know, fans try to write a narrative. We as analysts try to write a narrative sometimes with with things but as big as it will be for Georgia to have Brock Bowers involved it could be equally as large for Alabama to have Jaleel Billingsley play at the level we anticipated him playing coming into the year and it's not like he hasn't had his moments the fourth down catch against Auburn 
set things up where we could have an overtime and have the 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 type of finish that we did with Alabama winning that ball game. But tell me from your perspective how much of a difference he could make for Alabama if he finally does what we have seen him do in in moments in the past. Yeah, I think it's both those tight ends. I think it's Latu as well. Um, you know, I really thought going into that semifinal game against Cincinnati, you might see a lot more two tight end stuff without John Mechie. And that's just going back to Bill O'Brien's background in New England when he had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. And, and you know, they, they, they just, you know, they were just so difficult to match up against in New England during that run with those two guys. I mean, they're just matchup problems. The tight end position, that's, you know, from my perspective here at the Senior Bowl, uh, you know, we're going heavy at tight end this year. We're bringing nine tight ends down here because that's what the NFL wants to see. Those guys are, are, are really difficult, uh, you know, to find to find guys that can match up with. So we didn't have, we didn't, we, you know, Alabama didn't have to show that card against Cincinnati because they were running the ball so effectively and they were just, you know, they're blowing people off the ball and then B-Rob do his thing. I think we might see that in this game tonight. I think you might see Latou and Billingsley really be the focal point of that, that offense and uh, really work the middle of the field with, with Jamison Williams, you know, stretching it, you know, clearing things out and then just using those two tight ends. But the thing with the two tight ends has been their inconsistent inconsistency all year. Like who's going to show up? Um, if those two players show up, um, that would be a great thing for Alabama's offense tonight. There's no doubt. I know we've asked you about this guy before, but there's so much made, and understandably so, about the guys who are able to go pro early and in, in, uh, a Najee Harris type of running back. But put into context for us what Brian Robinson has done for his professional career by sticking around, staying the course, waiting his turn, and then performing on the biggest stage as he's done as of late. Yeah, I'll, and maybe I've said it on the show in the past. I, I'm I'm not sure I do a lot of these shows talking about Brian Robinson because uh, he's coming he's coming to the Senior Bowl. Uh, but I'll just tell you from an NFL's perspective, they've been on this guy for years. Um, going back to the August of 2019, I was up there during two days, and there was people in the building in Tuscaloosa that felt like Brian Robinson was the best back they had, and that includes Najee Harris. Um, now Najee went out and had two really monster seasons for Alabama and, and, you know, and and went, went the first round. So he, you know, he, he did his thing, but that's the kind of talent that people inside the building and the NFL scouts have always seen in Brian Robinson. It may have come as, come as a surprise to some, some fans. I think that fans are always clamoring for the next five star to, to step up at running back for them. And I, I know a lot of people um, that I've spoken to thought Brian was just going to be kind of a placeholder for the first couple games. Like, you know, just put him out there for give him his give him his just due because he stuck it out and he didn't go in the portal, you know, and then, you know, game three, game four, game five, move on to the next five star back. And, and that didn't happen. But again, that, the, the NFL has seen the talent in this guy. And I just love it for Brian that he waited it out. He made the most of his opportunity. You know, a lot of guys, it's all about it's all about maximizing your opportunity. And, and he got it this year and he took full advantage. So um, just happy for B-Rob. He's a really talented player. Our thanks again to Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl for joining us here inside the press box, helping us preview the national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Tomorrow we'll recap it for you, and we'll do so with Mr. College Football. Tony Barnhart joins us during the show. Also, our own Chris Stewart, who will be there in Indianapolis tonight and then back inside the press box tomorrow. We hope you'll join us on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com.